Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. That house bug was on most buildings 365, just in the windows of businesses, right? Oh, yeah. But that's it. You don't see people running around the streets with Habs gear on and yelling and stuff. It's, it's, they don't think they're going to win tonight. How about that? People say, ah, it would be nice if they won so Tampa could win at home in front of their crowd. You probably saw what John Cooper said about that. He's like, no, we're ending it in game four. They're not that positive about tonight. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey. Hey, Canada. Welcome to the RP Show. Hour two coming at you live. We're back home here in the bunker. It's episode number 519. And uh, it's been fun. Moose is not here. He's going to be gone for the next three days. He's caddying, as a matter of fact. And we're talking a lot of uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. We're back. We've brought gifts from our friends in Quebec. And it's unbelievable. If you weren't watching last hour, I'll say it again. I said to the folks that said, we watch you all the time. Whether they're cable carriers, Videotron, or Rogers, or East Link Cable, they're watching on Game Plus TV. I said, would you mind writing us and letting us know? How would we know? There's the one guy, Franco, said, who, who texts the guy on the show? I said, nope, our show you do. And now we're getting questions from people in Montreal, which is fantastic. And this flag just looks outstanding. The Montreal Canadiens flag. It's not, nothing special. It's like thousands of these around downtown Montreal. But that came from the merch store in the Chateau Champlain. This Carey Price doll, which my friend Bob would be rubbing with his voodoo. <clears throat> Must have been rubbing it last night as Montreal extended the Stanley Cup final. Beating the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2 in overtime. Coming up in moments, 3downnation.com's Justin Dunk. And later on, from the NLL, Devin Caney. She's going to be checking in from Philly. Just on the Montreal thing, we were talking about Grey Cups. And uh, Ryan McCarthy in Saratoga, New York. He is super chatted. He's paid to get his comment read. Because as you know, we are the only fans of sports talk. Ryan says, can confirm Montreal being a great Grey Cup city. The 2001 Grey Cup was my first CFL game. My lower bowl ticket was only $102.50 Canadian. Kind of think we need to get back to that. Kind of think we need to get back to that ticket pricing. Um, There is breaking news for the BC Lions fans, which is actually, I believe, big news for them. BC Lions Football Club returning to its broadcast roots as the club is proud to announce a two-year broadcast partnership with Chorus Entertainment. Lions VP of Business George Cheka says partnering with Chorus Entertainment ensures our brand reach will continue to extend across the province on multiple platforms, including 980 CKNW. That is the flagship. And returning to call the play-by-play, Bob the Moj Marjanovic and analyst Julio Caravada. Two good friends of mine. So congratulations, guys. The Lions back on CKNW, Vancouver's news leader. What's up with the dunkster? He's ready to roll? Okay. Uh, again, if you've got questions for Justin Dunk from 3dunknation.com, farm at us. As we bring him in from the GTA right now. JD, man, I was just talking about you yesterday. How are you, buddy? I was just saying, oh, Dunk's got to be happy. He's got all kinds of news going on down there at Three Down. Hey, I bet you are. Yeah, it's about time, man. Can I just weigh in on the Habs Bolt series for a quick set? Absolutely. 
Because as you know, I'm the sports anchor at CHCH TV in Hamilton on the weekends, and I've gotten a number of messages saying, hey, even though the Leafs are out, you know, the Canadians are still playing. Can we get our Montreal content on the station? Ben Sherratt, the big D-man for the Canadians, a Hamilton native. Josh Anderson, who had the overtime winner last night, a Burlington native. So we've had a bunch of fans in our area in the GTHA craving for the Canadians to finally get a win in the cup final. Roddy, you saw it. Yeah, Ben Sherratt, by the way, led the way nine hits. He led all skaters last night for Montreal. Oddly enough, the Lightning out hit the Habs. Don't matter. They're going to Tampa for game five. So to the Canadian Football League, Justin, maybe, you know, just a recap of what's hot at 3downnation.com. Training camps are opening up on the weekend, and you obviously can feel the vibe. People are excited across this country and CFL fans around the world. You can see it. Certainly our readership is up since the announcement by the Board of Governors that the season is a go. And to me, Roddy, what's hot right now is COVID-19 restrictions, vaccinations, and the conditions the players are going to have to at least go into the season under because right now all the players are in quarantine for seven days. But one of the big reasons that Brandon Labatt decided to sit out the 2021 season, at least for now, was the restrictions. Essentially, these players, Roddy, across the country are going to be housebound. Now, part of that is because what they agreed to goes all the way back to February. But also, I think the other part of it is political, that The CFL, for one, wants to make sure they can get through the season in its entirety. And on the other side, the various levels of government don't want players out and about, even though people will argue that the general public is allowed to because they want to ensure the safety of the citizens. So it's a difficult line to walk right now. And I can understand why Labatt and potentially, you know, others, and there's been a bunch of them, have decided not to play in 2021. But if you want to play you know how you're going to get it done under these restrictions. Uh, Troy Durrell watching on Facebook says, hey, JD, restrictions could change as the year moves forward, right? How would that work? We're here on Labor Day. Maybe they'll, re- they'll uh, relax this a little bit. That's right. That's kind of the timeline. They're talking, you know, the first six weeks of the season, but it's really based on the presence of the virus in these communities and where we're at for the different stages. I'll get the PA memo up that I obtained that Solomon Elamimian sent out to the membership. So things can change based on a number of factors, the presence of the disease in the community, variants of concern. There's a lot of talk about the Delta variant right now, vaccination status and the experiences during training camp, compliance, outbreak, outbreaks, etc. So those to me are going to be big ones. And most importantly, how do these teams get through training camp? And can they do that without having any cases brought into the building? If they can do so, then I would think we will see some relaxed rules going into the season. Yeah, well, it's um, listen, I just came back from Montreal, as you know, being around the NHL guys. This is no different than what the NHL has been going through for a year and a half or these other leagues. We just don't hear about it as much. And their players aren't on Twitter like Terrell Singfield or Brandon Banks talking about being locked up, whatever. That's just the way that the CFL is. But it's no different. They're not being punished. I think that's the one point. And two, I just said this an hour ago, Justin, could you imagine having to coach this? If you're a CFL coach, because you know these guys, they're creatures of habit. They want to know what they have. You got Ottawa losing linemen left and right. Riders now this. There's more to come. There's more to come from what I hear with other uh, teams. So, man, they are going to open camp. I don't think there's any doubt, but they don't know what their numbers are going to be, who is going to be in camp. That's the sense I got. 
I might have lost you guys audio wise. I'm not sure uh -oh. what's going on. Uh oh, uh oh. Can you hear us? What do you do? What does he get? Hit refresh. Yeah, here we go. You got him back? Do you got us now, gotcha. Dunkster? Ah, somebody's texting you. Of course, you're the Adam Schefter of Canada. I won't keep you much longer. <laughs> I guess my point, and I'll sum it up quickly, was can you imagine having to coach this, being a position coach, let alone a head coach, with not knowing if you're going to have your full complement of players on a day-by-day -day basis? That would be very tricky, and I posed that question to Riders head coach Craig Dickinson, and he had stated that, indeed, he does have a plan if he happens to contract COVID-19 in terms of what coach would then become the bench boss and take over those duties. And there's really only so much you can do in terms of the players because of the smaller roster sizes in the CFL. You can go to the practice roster, and there's going to be an additional, quote, taxi squad that you can keep. But... It's going to be tricky because, as you mentioned, let's say, for example, Cody Fajardo somehow gets the virus, you know, out of his control. It's invisible. We can't see how it happens and it's difficult to track. Then you got to go to your next guy, whether he's ready or not. So Isaac Harker, fortunately, has at least a game under his belt. But overall, yeah, from game to game, it's going to be very difficult. I think the NFL going through their season last year would have given them some ways to look at how you can manage those situations but in reality until it actually happens you don't know how you can get through it uh yeah from tsn dave naylor reporting hearing that longtime cfl coach rich stubler's in toronto and expected to take on a role with the argos it'll be interesting to see why a couple days before the start of training camp the argos feel the need to add stubes which he's a tremendous coach obviously but obviously there's a something there that's not quite yet being reported wayne in vancouver sorry victorious is out here in bc we will go to stage four on september 7th it means bc will be back to normal on crowd size, etc. So there's the crowd thing, there's the roster thing, and the players and keeping themselves uh, safe. What else is going on in CFL circles, Justin? Well, in terms of just getting the players up here, I mean, behind the scenes, some people were describing it as a nightmare. And at the best of times, it's difficult to get everything organized and players across the border in a non-pandemic world. So that's the focus right now is getting everybody in from what I've heard. The majority of players that are going to be at training camps league wide are in their respective cities. And I will say that there are players like, let's say the Toronto Argo, it sounds like they're going to have their training camp in Guelph. So they're doing their quarantine there. So not only are you traveling to let's say Pearson Airport in that case, but you have to get out to an entirely different city in Guelph. So you got to find a way to get all of these logistics done. That's really what's taking up a lot of the time right now behind the scenes. You know, most of the players are in, but it's about following all of the protocols to a T so that you can get to the point where the restrictions are relaxed. So I think that's what's been really exhausting for people behind the scenes. They might not say it on the record because they want to be playing football, and a lot of them are thankful to be playing football. And I'm talking about football operations people and obviously the coaches and players as well. But there are a lot of T's to cross and I's to dot here as we work towards getting to training camp and even to the season. Marlene Stenicki watching on Facebook says, Justin, any news on LJ McRae? If I may, before you answer that, Justin, I'm told that he has retired. That's the veteran corner out of Catawba College uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Unless 
You know different. That's just what I've heard. Well, Roddy, you got your boots on the ground there in Regina, and that was the sense that I was getting. And people see the two different lists that are being used right now as either the retired list, which makes sense, it's very easy to follow, but the suspended list, I think there's been some confusion there, and that's where LJ McRae was placed. So you can only put a player on the suspended list if they don't report for any type of a team activity. Generally, obviously, that is mainly practices. So the fact that LJ McRae ended up there saves the team a roster spot in the case that he decides to come back. But you got to remember, McRae, yes, he became a starter, but that guy was on a minimum salary contract, $65,000 plus probably some incentives. I'd have to look it up to give you the details. But to him, I'm sure he looked at it and thought, well, you know, 14 games, prorated salary, is it worth coming up there, having to pay rent? in Regina and also take care of my family at home, it probably would have been best for him, him and I'm sure this played into the decision just to stay at home and he would have come out further ahead in terms of the financials and taking care of his family. Wow. If you don't mind taking some comments from viewers, Justin, before we let you go here. Um, Jeff, the Stamp, well, Jeff, the Stamps fan says, uh, well, luckily the Stampeders haven't been too hurt by these retirements. Knock on wood. And he's right. He's right. What are they doing in Calgary that no other team really has had to deal with this? Like, you know, or sorry, they haven't had to deal with it like every other team. Yeah, they've been a little different. I think Calgary is a much more younger team, right? And there's more of those pieces around Bo Levi Mitchell that are going to be younger where some of the guys move on, especially to Toronto. Eric Rogers might be the top one overall. But I think, you know, they had their retirements, whether that happened before this training camp or this season was actually put into place. For example, Rob Maver, the longtime punter there, retired following the 2019 season. He was kind of reading the tea leaves anyways and had been doing some work off the field. But I think some of those things had happened. It just didn't happen in this vacuum where we've seen all these retirements come out at once, right? A lot of these decisions had already been made and players were either just staying quiet to try to get some cues money or they were making sure that they could get any signing bonus money that they had on their contracts. From uh, Nelson, he writes in and says, if we see players end up on a suspended list, are those opt-outs for 2021? Will choosing not to play in 2021 count against a year on your contract? I know you're talking to agents all the time. What's the buzz on that? Exactly. So in terms of the suspension list, if you don't show up, that's where you go and we saw what happened with the contracts in 2020 when the season was canceled was that year ran just like it would in any other year and because you weren't playing games means you don't get paid on that contract so it wouldn't necessarily bump it forward it would just be you're deciding not to play let's take Brandon Labatt for example he's decided not to play get a $30,000 signing bonus I believe on his rework deal with the riders in December. So he keeps that money, but he won't get any other money in 2021. However, that 2022 year still stays intact. So I hope that answers the question. Absolutely. Uh, We're kind of running out of time. And let me, is Devin lined up? Is she with us? Oh, she will. Okay. Just a real quick one. Uh, Chris Bird in Toronto says, I think the Argos are in similar shape. Not too many guys missing due to unexpected retirement or holding out for COVID issues. So Toronto's a team that hasn't really been hit hard like the Saskatchewan's, the Ottawa's, Edmonton's lost a few. Any, any insight on as to why? Same explanation for Toronto, do you think? 
Yeah, very much similar. I think they would have had some of theirs. Plus, it's a whole new regime there in the way that they've gone about recruiting players with Ryan Dinwiddie and Michael Pinball Clements and John Murphy has made the guys want to be a part of it there in Toronto. And they feel wanted, so they're going to stay. All right, Justin, I feel like we could go on further. Let's do it again sooner than later. I know you're busy. Uh, everybody hit up 3downnation.com. What's popping there today, J.D.? Oh, boys. Well, Bully by Mitchell was on a recent oh. CBC podcast and says he's embracing the villain role when he comes to Saskatchewan. Didn't play there in 2019. The last time he was there at Mosaic Stadium, 2018, it was a loss, even though he threw four touchdowns. So that piece is going off right now. Marcel Desjardins said, hey, if you want to lose your money, you can bet against the Red Blacks being in last place this season. So those are just a couple of the stories that are popping off right now on the site. <laughs> I love it. All right, Justin, thanks again for all the time, man. Stay safe. See you soon. Thanks, man. See you later. Are we still saying stay safe? Is that a thing? Okay. All right, we're going to Philly next, where they watch us regularly on Game Plus Television down there on TDS uh, Cable. Devin Caney joining us from the National Lacrosse League. They had the expansion draft last week. We'll get to your comments. we got overtime coming up, sports update. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube and Facebook Live and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. All right, welcome back, everybody. The RP Show continues on this Tuesday, July 6th. No Moose DuPont for the next three days. He's caddying, as a matter of fact. But I'm handling here in the big chair. And it's going fine. By the way, support for The Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. It's got a headlight on it. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RP20 at manscaped.com. And uh, people would have to be a little dense to not notice the Montreal Canadiens gear that has adorned the desk here. This flag came from our friends in Montreal. This Carey Price doll as they've extended the Stanley Cup final to Game 5 at least Wednesday in Tampa Bay. And closed captioner guy from Game Plus TV from our studios in downtown Toronto says, I hadn't been a spiritual or religious person until this Habs run, but now I'm a believer. The wheels of fate are in motion. It took this for you to believe in faith and spirituality? How about it took, that? took you this long? For those that don't believe in this stuff, I go, what? What do you believe in? It could happen. All right, let's go to uh, Philadelphia now. Devin Caney, she would argue that she's not the face of the NLL, but we say that she is. How you doing, Devin? Hi, you guys are too kind. I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, it would appear that you're doing well. You've been traveling. You've been busy. You've been doing things, and we're all getting ready for this uh, yeah. NLL season that won't start up until several months from now. But um, to, for, for your fans, before we get into the expansion draft and stuff, what's been keeping you busy? 
Oh man, a lot of stuff. Um, always exciting things happening in the NLL. I was just mm-hmm. in Texas last week uh, hosting the expansion draft for our new Panther City Lacrosse Club. Um, always doing fun things around Philly. Uh, the Sixers kept me busy for a while, but unfortunately not anymore. So uh, <laughs> yeah, now just hoping to, to enjoy the summer before the NLL season starts up again. Have you been going to some Phillies games too? I have not made it to a Phillies game yet, I'm ashamed to say, um, because they haven't been playing too well. So it just hasn't been something that's too enticing. But (laughs) I do plan on getting there eventually. Hey, listen, but that's the thing. I see how busy you've been. You can't do everything. So... We all had our eye on that expansion draft last week. We had Ryan Flaherty on last week, the TV voice of the Rush, to preview it, and he nailed who the Rush would lose in that expansion draft. So what was it like being there? How did the broadcast go? And how excited are they in Fort Worth, Texas, that they actually have players to go with their expansion team? Right. That's always the most exciting part, I think, for new teams, because now I've seen a few come into the National Lacrosse League, and it's like, you finally have players, or at least a start of a roster, and now it feels real, you know, because until you have players, you're just a name, maybe a logo and colors. Um, So it was really exciting. It was great to be a part of it. I had never been to Dallas or Fort Worth, so it was really cool getting to experience that city and um I didn't realize the difference, you know, people from Fort Worth and who live in Fort Worth are very, you know, proud of Fort Worth and make it very clear that it is not Dallas, even though they're pretty close to one another. Um, But the event was amazing. It was so much fun. They had really cool guests. They had Charlie Collier from the WNBA who plays for the Dallas Wings. um, And it was a blast. And I'm excited to see them get to play. Questions coming in from our viewers. So I'll pause the Vegas question. That's the big one for me. Oh, boy. Right. But Hussies Huddle watching on YouTube says, Hi, Devin. What do you think of the Toronto Rocks move to Hamilton? You know, I've never been to Hamilton. um, So I think it's great. I think sometimes playing in a smaller arena kind of ups the energy of a crowd. So... I'm excited to see what they can bring to Hamilton. Um, everyone I know who lives in Toronto or is from Ontario is fond of Hamilton. I know sometimes I hear the different regions can like be rivals, almost almost similar to Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, but I, I think it's a good move. I understand why they did it. Uh, from Dylan Spicer, who's watching in Nova Scotia, says, love that you guys report on the NLL. Go Halifax Thunderbirds. Uh, we're all over the NLL. <laughs> Which, by the way, and it's funny you say that, so the Toronto Rock are going to remain called the Toronto Rock, but play out of Hamilton, yeah. which is interesting. It's sort of like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Hey, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, we had a Zoom yeah. call with Nick Sakevich, your commissioner, a couple weeks ago, and he was just like... Mm-hmm there was this twinkle in his eye. Like something's coming down, guys. Just keep your ear to the ground. And it was the Las Vegas thing with Wayne Gretzky and Dustin Johnson and Steve Nash. You clearly knew that Vegas was getting this expansion club for the NLL. Like what's, what's the announcement done for the NLL? I mean, it's, been amazing and we kind of have been gearing up for this we've known this has been in the works for a while so i can't imagine how nick was feeling if even just i was kind of anticipating this announcement for so long um i mean the ownership is massive i'm so excited to see what they can do i spent all of our front office spent 
uh, almost a week in Vegas last season before the pandemic um, for kind of an exhibition game between the Seals, who are owned by Joe Tsai, and the Colorado Mammoth. And that was amazing. So I'm so excited to see what this ownership group can bring to a team based in Vegas full time. Um, I mean, it's Vegas. You can't go wrong. So <laughs> no. really, really exciting. The entertainment capital of the world, although Los Angeles uh, will argue that. But um, maybe it's Albany, New York. I don't know. Tim Capper in Montreal writes, this is any inside info on why the Albany Firewolves changed their logo so soon after unveiling it? Is there a story there, Devin? Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. I, I Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> there you, no, it's fine. Well, no, I didn't even <laughs> notice that they changed. Yeah, me no, neither. It's... I was going to say that, but I, I don't know. It's all good. Well, uh, we'll look into it. Let's put it that way. You know, you mentioned the Toronto-Hamilton rivalry and uh, other potential markets. What's Philly's biggest rival? I feel like they hate everybody. Yeah, I guess we kind of do. Um, <laughs> do you mean in terms of lacrosse or anything? No, no, no. As a city, what's your number one rival? Is it New York? Oh, it's a city. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, I'd probably say New York City or Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. Yeah, a Pennsylvania thing. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, you know, when we talk about mm-hmm. everybody's asking questions here from Albany to Toronto, Hamilton, Vegas. What's the drawing area for the Wings? Because you got all those games. We're, and there's no other mm-hmm. NLL team that real close. Like, what's the drawing area for the Philadelphia Wings? In terms of fans? Where, where people come from. Yeah, yeah, Where are they coming from to go to those games? Yeah. Are all Philly people or outside? Philly. Philly, I think. I mean, Philly, it spans from, like, Pennsylvania. I don't know if, if you don't know where it is on a map. It's, like, southeastern corner of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like, you can literally see New Jersey. So, it also includes South Jersey. Um, so, yeah, I'd say it spans our, like, little southeastern corner and then uh, Jersey all the way to, like, the Jersey Shore area. But once you hit Maryland, that's where the, the fans cut off. <laughs> that's the cut off. I got it. Well, I'll tell you what. I did a banquet just before the pandemic hit with the great Bernie Parent, the two-time Stanley Cup champion goaltender with the Philadelphia uh, Flyers. Well, you know Bernie, and he never, yeah. never misses a Wings game. He extolled the virtues of that franchise there in Philly. From uh, Nelson says, what has spurred this expansion of the NLL? A few years back, they were an average of eight to ten teams, and now the league has blown mm-hmm. up. What's the story behind it, Devin? Well, you said you talked to Commissioner Nick Sakevich, and since he came in a couple years ago, he's had a plan to expand. And I think uh, a lot of the league is modeled on the NHL. And if you look at the NHL, they're still expanding, right? Like they just added Seattle. And I know the NLL has aspirations to continue growing so we can be a more competitive league and have more of a presence both in the United States and Canada. So um, I know that's been Nick's and the leaderships and our board's vision since he came in, and it's amazing to see it come to fruition. I feel like since I've been with the league now, I want to say this is our Vegas will be my fourth expansion team. So it's just really cool to see, and it's fun to kind of guess where the next expansion team is going to be because I honestly don't know. I don't have like that 
big of an insight. I, I found out about Vegas maybe a little bit before the general public did, but um, it's just as exciting for me as it is for everyone else to hear. Uh, uh, just a massive, massive win to have Wayne Gretzky in the ownership group of the National Lacrosse League. Steve Nash, too, and all those other guys, but... Big Wayne fan here. Uh, by the way, Chris Bird in Toronto is watching and writes in and says, from the Firewolves, prompted in part by feedback from a variety of important stakeholders, we decided to redesign our logo prior to hitting the turf for our, our inaugural season. From team president George Manias, president of the Firewolves. Tacona Powell is watching in Winnipeg and says, we want lacrosse in Winnipeg. What's the chances, Devin? <laughs> um Honestly, I guess, I've heard yeah. about. I've heard Winnipeg is awesome. Oh, it is. They got a beautiful and facility. It. Yeah, they do. They mm-hmm. absolutely do. They, but their building's very busy. They've got two pro hockey teams there: the Winnipeg Jets and the Manitoba Moose. But um, speaking of all that, have you been to every venue in the NLL? No, I have not been to Saskatchewan. Is that the only um, one you haven't? No, I also haven't been to Vancouver. I'm trying to think of. Of where else? Well, most others I've been to. You guys keep moving around, like Halifax, right? And then uh, mm-hmm. what? New New England just moved to Albany. And have you been to Duluth, Georgia? No, I've not been to Georgia actually. <laughs> What's the These franchises no, are moving I, all I over the place. I need to. I know, and I ha- but I haven't been able to travel for the last like year and some change, so then kind of put a stop to exploring the different arenas. But I have a lot that I need to check off my bucket list for sure. That's a very good point. Uh, and Tim in Montreal says, with Albany getting a team, I see Montreal, Ottawa, Quebec City getting an expansion team, and I could see that too. The main thing is everybody wants a team. Uh, Jordan Zapozny watching on YouTube says when, or on Facebook says, when will the season start? When does it end? Well, the schedule, like they're talking December, right? Devin is this, I don't think the schedule is done though yet. Is it, is it? Uh, I don't know if it's officially done, but face off weekend will be the first weekend in December. Right. December. And then the championship. Championship rolls uh, up in June because we're usually there with the Saskatchewan Rush. Hey, just because the Rush are always <laughs> yeah. in it. So just before we let you go, um, so you, you're in the podcast world now? How's that going? Yes. Oh, it's going so well. Um, my co-host and friend, Ashley Docking, who is Canadian and lives in Toronto, uh, hosts Hot Mike's podcast. And we have some really fun guests on the actually the new episode dropping tomorrow with guest Field Gates from ESPN. So be sure to check it out. Anywhere you can find streaming podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever your preference is. So check it tell out. The, tell the viewers again the name, Devin. Hot Mics with Devin Caney and Ashley Docking. There you go. Hot mics. Devin, always appreciate our visits. A wonderful update. A lot of info there. And, uh, hey, keep doing what you're doing, and we'll chat soon as the season gets closer. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. Devin Caney, the face of the National Lacrosse League, checking in from Philly, Pennsylvania, on this Tuesday. Uh, It's just me the rest of the way, although I think I'm going to bring up Producer Clark for overtime and the face-off, Okay. Yeah, and I want you people to decide what we're going to face off about because there's a lot of things that we could face off about. We'll update the poll question, too, when we return in a sports update 
This is the uh, Rod Peterson Show on the Game Plus television network across uh, all 10 provinces and 31 states. YouTube and Facebook Live and 24-hour sports radio for Suds full-service car wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. We got to tell Moose. We got to stop with the he's back. It's been over two years, guys. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Has a different meaning now. Poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center in the wake of the Montreal Canadiens beating Tampa Bay 3-2 in overtime last night. Can the Canadians come back from 3-1 down to win the series? On Facebook, what is it, 63% say no? And on Twitter, 70% say no. And to be a realist, I got to say, I would go in the no category. Analytically speaking and history speaking, but that's just a vote. Hockey gods don't care what we say. I just got to say, this Montreal Canadiens flag just looks fire on this desk. It might be here to stay. And for the rest of you uh, Montrealers and Quebecers, where are you at today? Let's light it up on the Prairie Mobile text line. They were all writing in an hour one. If you missed it, they're like, oh, we watch your show all the time. A lot of them in Montreal. And I said, why don't you write in? And they said, we didn't. We're not used to writing into the host on the TV screen. I said, well, you can. We encourage it as a matter of fact. I don't want to sit here and, you know, give my opinions all day, every day. Let's get yours. Let's have a back and forth. Some good comments here from the viewers, by the way. From Nelson Hakowicz, our VP of Sim Events, says, anyone else find it fascinating Patrick Waugh was in Montreal last night given how his relationship with the club ended there? There for a moral boost? Or is he job hunting and rebuilding his relationship with the team? It's Patrick Waugh. There's something about these runs that, you know, mend these relationships. Some people, some teams are big enough to get over those things. Some aren't. But in the case of Patrick White, he wasn't there looking for a job. Come on now. You know that. You said that yourself. That's, he's not getting the job. What? They're going to fire GM Mark Bergevin and head coach Dominic Ducharme after this? Patrick wants one job and one job only. He's not getting that one. He was there to watch a hockey game. It's Montreal. You got to go for hockey. Lou said it yesterday. If anybody does hockey right, it's Montreal. Who was in that suite last night? Guy Lafleur, Patrick Waugh. Hey, I love it. Stuart from Montreal. Rod Peterson, love your show. I'm sure Clark noticed on our Instagram, the show Instagram, at the Rod Peterson Show, our followers just from Quebecers. Did you see that? How about that? I think they were shocked that Darren and I were breaking into all of these landmark facilities. Again, the door to McGill Stadium was open. So technically, it's not breaking in. The tennis 
Stadium. That's a different story. From uh, Let's go to the sports update. I'll just read it here. The Stanley Cup final is headed back to Tampa for Game 5. Josh Anderson scored his second goal of the game in overtime as the Montreal Canadiens avoided elimination with a 3-2 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 4. Game 5 goes Wednesday if necessary. Game 6 will go in Montreal Friday, which also reminds me, my buddy Sean Daniels, who uh, used to play for the Rough Riders, he's from Montreal. He's in Montreal. He's like, hey, when the Habs win, are you guys going straight to Tampa? <laughs> I'm like, no. There's still this little border issue. But if there is a game seven, there's talk. There's talk. It's a long time coming for the two teams opening up tonight's NBA Finals. The Phoenix Suns are hosting the Milwaukee Bucks in a rare finals matchup. Milwaukee seeking its first NBA title in 50 years, and Phoenix is attempting to win its first in franchise history. Perhaps the biggest question about the series is whether Yanis Antetokounmpo, hyperextended left knee, will allow him to play for the Bucks. Nobody's answered the question yet. Why is nobody calling him the Greek freak anymore? Has that been deemed ethnically insensitive? Have we found out, Clark? Has anybody written in? Why are they not calling him the Greek freak anymore? It's okay. You don't know. Xavier Moon continued his MVP level season, dropping 25 points, four rebounds, and nine assists. As the Edmonton Stingers blew past the Ottawa Red Blacks 104-87 in Canadian Elite Basketball League play on Monday night. The Edmonton Stingers, the defending champions, are now 3-0. The Ottawa Blackjacks 1-4. Meanwhile, Trayvon Duval had his best game so far in the CEBL with 21 points, including the Elam ending winner to lead the Hamilton Honey Badgers over the Guelph Nighthawks 101-89 also Monday at the First Ontario Centre. Honey Badgers now 4-1, Nighthawks 0-3. The league's now off till Thursday when Niagara's at Fraser Valley and Edmonton is at Saskatchewan. And there will be fans allowed. There will be fans allowed at the Sastel Center. Stephen Matz is aiming for a team-high eighth victory of the season tonight as the Blue Jays open up a three-game set in Baltimore Mats and Toronto A's Hinjin Roo have seven wins each. The Jays 43 and 39. They sit third in the AL East, nine behind the Red Sox. But hey, Baltimore's dead last. So this is the slump buster. This is uh, time to get some, some road points. Uh, the game between Cleveland and Tampa tonight has been postponed because of the path of Tropical Storm Elsa and will be made up as part of a doubleheader on Wednesday. Uh, Claude Telefor in uh, just one more in Nova Scotia watching. He says, Rod is the closest spiritual reincarnation to Ted Tavon. Why would Montreal not like you? Who's Ted Tavon, guys? How about that? Do I need to look that up? Who's Ted Tavon? Let's go to the big board. Why would Montreal not like me? I don't know because I was cheering for the Vegas Golden Knights last, se last series and said that Canadians fans are annoying. I don't know. Oh, I got it right here, yeah. He was a Canadian sports radio broadcaster born in Kingston. Yeah, nobody knows who that is but you, bro. Anyways, 
<laughs> Clark uh, will join us for overtime. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and Sports Radio 24 hours at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It is overtime. A lot of people's favorite part of the show. A lot of time left for overtime here. And first of all, an apology to Claude in Nova Scotia regarding his comment. I'm going to read it again if you missed it, if you just tuned in. He said, Rod is the closest spiritual reincarnation to Ted T-Van. Why would Montreal not like you? So I apologize, Claude. I should know that because as we've learned, we're very big in Quebec. And Andrew Stout, a born and bred Quebecer, writes that he says he was huge on Montreal Sports Radio. It's pronounced Ted T-Van. He used to have a slogan when he did not like a caller. It was, you're gone. And then he would play machine guns. I heard about this, Clark. Producer Clark has come out of his cage. Hey. The third Sedine. Now, yes. when I was at Knuckles Nylons the other night, we were talking about legendary Montreal sports radio hosts, and Knuckles is like, this guy, I guess I heard his name Friday night. It didn't stick. Do you know what I mean? At Knuckles' house. Oh, yeah. He's like, you could never do what Ted T. Van did. You couldn't do it now. He'd be canceled for, letting, for shooting listeners. <laughs> Can you imagine if he actually... Can I shoot? Can I shoot viewers? Eh, virtually? Let's do it once and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be first? Yeah. I nominate Jeff the Stamps fan. There it is. How about that? How about that? Who's got the controls back here? Uh, Alan's back there. Right Come now. on, Alan. Let's go. That? He's sleeping go. at the wheel. You people. In the control room. On the Greek freak and Yana sent it to Kempo. Why don't they call him the Greek freak anymore? Like... I notice these things. Nobody else notices the things that I notice. Did you notice? Uh, not uh, as much as you did, but I, you've mentioned it a few times. So, so Nelson says, writes in and says, wanting to go back to his Nigerian roots, he knows the Greek freak is part of who he is, but tells people, there are a lot of people that I see and I tell them that I'm African. I am not just the Greek freak. And is pushing to distance himself from the nickname. Similar to Mike Riley, I guess, wanting to be called Michael Riley. There you go. And Jeff, the Stamps fan, was listening with half an ear. Writes in and says, what am I being nominated for? <laughs> the first viewer to be shot and see if we can get away with it. Let's brand him while we're at it. <laughs> Might as well. Are going to brand him, then shoot him, or shoot him, then brand him? What would take away the pain faster? I don't know. Maybe branding after we... <laughs> here we go. Um, by the way, there was breaking news here. Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks signing Michael Klukas. Canadian receiver who was tremendous in the sim season, as you huge. know. Huge. Yeah. He had a huge season in the sim season. So if he can play anything like that, uh, that'll be a That's big, probably what the Red Blacks are counting on, right? I mean, what else did they have to scout for the last year and a half? Scouting the video games. Um, so we always do on certain days the face-off for the Mad Greek restaurant and the ultimate fan zone. And today, what did you want to... Oh. You go ahead. Well, will Carey Price win the Conn Smythe even if they lose? So even if the Habs lose, uh, should Carey Price be the winner of the Conn Smythe trophy? That's the question. Do you want to start it? 
Uh, you go first. I'm going to say no. It's been forever since the losing team has been given uh, the winner of that award. I don't know if you remember the last time. I, I don't remember. The last. Well, well, I always think Ron Hextall in 1987, Hextel. but there's been one since, I believe. Let's go to the big big board while sure. you talk about that. Uh, yeah, I just... There it is. Suffering Leaf fan. Thanks, guys. Uh, but yeah, no, I think uh, it, it's just there's too many good players on Tampa Bay that if Montreal loses, I don't think they're going to give it to Carey Price. Also, he looked he's looked pretty human these last few games. And I just I don't think that he's put up if he would have shut out, the, shut out the lightning a few times uh, in the last couple of games. I think there would have been more of a conversation. And if it goes longer and he has a couple shutouts, maybe it's in there. But here we go. Uh, here's they gotta win the Stanley Cup for Carey Price to win it. There's been too many guys on too many great guys on Tampa. Bay. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. So no, we're both saying no unless Montreal wins. But the last to win on a losing team, the Conn Smythe, was Jay Jaguar in 2003. Yes. Prior to that, Ron Hextall in 1987, and the only skater ever to win the Conn Smythe was Reggie the Rifle Leach, and yeah, his lost. names come up. In a loss. And there his name's go. come up because Braden Point was challenging his record, and it didn't happen. So Kerry Price, as much as we love him, and he adorns our desk here every day, he's probably not going to win the Conn Smythe Trophy. And by the way, didn't have three great games to open the Stanley Cup final. Let's remember that, too. Exactly. And you think back to J.S. Jaguar in 2003. Like, that was, that was every game in those playoffs that year with the Ducks was like 2-1, one nothing. Like, there was shutouts galore. I think yeah. his goals against was like 1.3 or something stupid. So, I think it's, it was a different era for goaltenders, and I don't think it, it's the same right now. Carey Price is great. He has had a great playoff run. Probably dragged the Canadians to where they are currently, but... I don't think that qualifies them to win the trophy if they lose. This Habs flag is staying up for as long as this Stanley Cup final is alive. It looks fire on this desk. The face-off is brought to you by the Mad Greek and Moose Jaw. The patio is now open for licensed dining. Visit them today. And by Ultimate Fan Zone, now just a click away from our man cave to your man cave, shop online today at ultimatefanzone.ca. I got this, uh, this Jays jersey from the Ultimate Fan Zone, by the way. A nice baby blue Jays jersey, customized with Vladdy Guerrero on the back. You can't see it, obviously, but Ultimate Fan Zone, baby. One other thing that we uh, didn't do last week on our Friday live broadcast from Montreal in the Chateau Champlain was our business of the week. Are those guys cool with that? Are they able to, ready to dig that up? Or am I asking too much of Alan the intern? Uh, there's a button. Alan should be able to find it. Okay. There it is. Nice. Nice. This intern you is got that fire. Water bottle down he's there a too? beast. Oh, he's great. There it is. Look at this. Our Direct West water bottle here. Direct West connecting businesses in this province. The MySask 411 Business of the Week. Since 2001, Regency Palace has served the people of Regina and loyal patrons of the store always come in for the Peking duck, ginger beef, and almond prawns. Been there, loved it every time. Find them on mysask411.today. Mysask411. It's a phone book in your hand. It's on the main screen of my iPhone. Download it and get to work. Uh, Boy, we took care of a lot of business today. Producer Clark. Yes. Lots. Are we going to go back to more viewer comments here? Yeah, we got a couple minutes left. Um, we're talking about who's... By the way, that Montreal radio announcer, I apologize, Claude, for not knowing who he is, but if I feel like I know him now, that would shoot sound effect guns at the listeners to get rid of them, and we're saying who could be the first viewer that we shoot. 
and I've nominated Jeff the Stamps fan. How about he, that? He said, sure. He's up for it. <laughs> I didn't say kill. We could shoot him in the leg. Yeah, non-lethal shot. Who would be yours? Monty? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think depending on the day, uh, there's a few guys out there, but uh, they know who they are. <laughs> you don't even want to say, come on, come on, have fun with it. Well, you know what? I'll give him credit. Brady Witt has changed his, <laughs> has changed his colors. He, uh, he's gone from, he's changed uh, his attitude about a lot of things. I think he learned a few lessons over the last few weeks. It's, I think he's grown a lot, so I'll give Brady Witt credit. But a few weeks ago, it would have been Brady Witt. <laughs> from uh, Jack in Vulcan, Alberta, says, a trip to the train station Ooh. is less complicated. How about that? Take him to the train station. Uh, Brady, by the way, on cue on oh. the Prairie Mobile text line. Hello, Brady. Hey, Rod, we're going to a game five. I'm proud of this team. Habs fan, obviously. He says they continue to prove why they got to this point, which is a team based off character, grit, determination, and resiliency. I trust in this team and know every game here on out, they will be leaving their hearts, blood, tears, and passion all out there on the ice. I'll continue to believe in this team till the very end. There it's you go. not till it's over. Go, Habs, go. <sighs> Wasn't he just ripping the spit out of them on Instagram? Of course. But that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, oh, Randolph Zora in Toronto says, pick me, pick me. He's volunteered to be shot. Well, there you go. I didn't expect so many volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right, Clark, thanks. See you tomorrow, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain, right here on Game Plus TV Network. You screwed up, Clark! For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.